Hey, Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. My, my pleasure. All right, well, let's go ahead and dive right in. Tell me about your business, Sexy Boss Inc. Yeah, so um, I have a book out called Sexy Boss, which is about the empowerment of women mm -hmm. and how they're changing the rule book and being the big boys. And that kind of mm -hmm. comes from my experience in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Most of us, we, at least for myself, I was told to get a thing called a degree and then go work for corporate America. Mm -hmm. And then you make the money and they give you a little bit and then we're all happy and we have Rolexes and Cadillacs or whatever. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's the dream, right? So, and that didn't happen. So I actually ended up working for corporate America. I went from zero to um, zero to basically the number one in the country. I was being all the big boys is why I call it. Cause I was 25 at the time mm -hmm. and the average coworker was male, 45 married with kids. And I was single 25. Right. Wow. So I wasn't the norm. And it was my first time for being the big boys as I call it. And I got my, what I call pat on the head and then I got fired and it really kind of threw me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> got fired. And a lot of it is because I didn't fit the norm. They, they hired me out of kind of a, oh, that's cute. She'll not make it. And then I was there for four years as beating them. Mm -hmm. And then the, you know, ego got in the way. So I got fired or let go or whatever you want to call it and, um, kicked out. And it really threw me because I really had this view of like, I make the company money. They're happy. I'm happy. What else is there? Right, like I right. really didn't have any other view of politics and gender and, I'm 20 years younger and why is that a big deal? Aren't you happy for me? And they're like, no. So I didn't really get that. And so it took me a couple of years. And so in 2013, I actually wrote the book about sexy boss. It's kind of my personal story of kind of rising up from the ashes and figuring out how to be a female entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? When most of the times I go into situations where they don't expect me to succeed. Right. So I think it's in conversation. So that's my, that's my book. And then I coach people. I'm a coach. I'm a marketing coach. Mm -hmm. So I built, um, many businesses, 2005, zero to a million dollars in one year, 2015, zero to 1.5 in 18 months. So I'm a marketing coach. People come to me when they have an idea and they want to take it to the marketplace. Got it. All right. So you kind of just alluded to it, but let's clean it up real, real nicely with a little bow. What is the specific problem that you solve for the people that you serve? So currently, so currently people have an idea or a product and they don't know how to bring it to the marketplace mm -hmm. or they are already selling it and then they want, how do I sell more mm -hmm. or I leverage my time. I'm doing all the work. How do I leverage my time? So I'm not doing all the work all the time and I can leverage it. So I have a client right now. She came to me she does der like dermaplaning, mm -hmm. dermaplaning, um, micro, you know, eyebrows, stuff I, stuff I need probably. <laughs> and, um, she came to me and she, by the way, had this like makeup line on the side. And so I've shifted her brain. We're completely doing a rebrand of the makeup and now I told her, you're only going to do one or two services. Mm -hmm. Everything you do in the services is going to fit, focus on the makeup line. Vice versa, it used to be she was doing services to make money and the makeup line was just kind of there. Right. It's all focused on the makeup line. And then the services are just like an added bonus. It's flipping the focus. Okay. So that's just one kind of one example. Now, what made you decide that you were going to be the one to solve this problem for people? Well, I've been doing it <laughs> since mm -hmm. 2001. My first business was 1999 online. And then I started in the information marketing business in 2001. Mm -hmm. And then I built 
businesses in 2004 and five zero to million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm good at. I'm a badass at marketing. So people come to me, they don't have, they have a product, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to market. That's where I come in. I'm a marketer. So right. I don't care if you're selling ice and Eskimo. I will, I can teach you how to sell it or teach you how to message it and market it into the marketplace. Right. So that's your thing. So you mentioned right out of school, you were 25, you were number one in the country, you're a marketer, you're, you're selling all these products, you're building these businesses that are, you know, more than a million dollars. What is the, what, what made you, what made you able to do all this? Was it something that you, is it the way that the way that you learned that you weren't learn more quickly than everybody else? Or is it just something that you feel this comes super natural to you? in terms of um, you know the sales and marketing and being able to do that in all these different types of businesses. It's a, it's a natural, it's natural. I'm a naturally an entrepreneur and I'm naturally a salesperson and a okay. marketer. I see things that other people don't see. Now, do I have training? I have years of training in copywriting and years of training in information marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was trained in that space. Um, but but when the first time I was in corporate America, I didn't have no training. Mm-hmm. They gave me a desk a phone, business cards, yellow pages, and mm-hmm. said, go. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was doing. I was like figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's been just street smarts. Now I have a master's degree in online marketing, but honestly, I could have taught the course. It was mm-hmm. just like ridiculous. So mm-hmm. I mean, do I have some cred behind me? Sure. My first um, online marketing course was in the University of Texas, Arlington, 1999. Wow. So, I mean, I have this kind of, I think it was just part of my destiny. In a way, um, I believe that entrepreneurs, um, I, I think that they, that's who they are. They're not educated that way. I don't think okay. people can be educated to be an entrepreneur. I think that they can inspire themselves. They can tap into who they really are and mm-hmm. they can learn the process. But I really think they're born more than they are and than they are just uh, created, if that makes sense. That's just my view. Because at the end of the day, you put me in a corporate America now and I hate it. Like mm-hmm. it's just part of I'm unemployable, 100. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just who I am. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk more about your experiences as an entrepreneur. Things have obviously gone really well for you, but what would you say was the biggest barrier and mindset that you experienced at any point in your entrepreneurial journey that limited your success in some way, and how did you overcome it? So you're adorable. I love to say things have worked out for me or well, but they have. I mean. I've gone through a lot. I went through massive bankruptcy and foreclosure in 2006. So I built my first business from zero to a million dollars. And then the next one day I came home and everything was gone. I went through bankruptcy and foreclosure and lived in my car. That's not success. That's not going well. So, and I've had to build myself up from the ashes. And so I think the biggest challenge I've had is that mindset and getting to know who I am because when I'm sitting there in my car, living on people's couches, there was a lot of self-doubt. I mean, one of the challenges that entrepreneurs go through is massive self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And then you have the female aspect on top of that. So entrepreneurs automatically are already in self-doubt anyway. And then you have what I call the society, you should just get married with babies kind of conversation mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And um, you should just stop this whole entrepreneur thing that's really cute and adorable, stop it, conversation that I was told. So there's that element of the female side that you don't really think about. You're like, you know, but it's so true. I mean, I know other women go through that too. Maybe they don't, but it wasn't necessarily like someone was like, you can do this. It was more like, stop doing it. I was getting the society. So I think my personal stuff is, um, belief system in myself and belief system in my ideas. I'm constantly dealing with that. I mean, 
got on my coach this morning. I'm still dealing with that, right? I'm like, what is this over? I was like, what are you dead? So I think it's a constant conversation with entrepreneurs. Got it. No, you you mentioned that you were bankrupt. You were living on people's couches. Like that's yeah. a that's a pretty significant mountaintop experience, making a million dollars in your business, and then a very significant valley experience. What did you learn from that? time period in your life that made you able to sustain everything now that you've rebuilt your businesses and you know have achieved that level of success again well, there's a lot there but i'll just kind of the book my book sexy boss was what wrote it in 2013 and it's actually about my whole story of what happened and how i came through it and i kind of my my life lessons are in that book but if i had to like deal it down there's two main life lessons i learned in that process and that is the first one is who I am as an entrepreneur. So who I learned was an entrepreneur at a core level. And as an athlete, you can people understand that. So like Michael Jordan, he started NBA and then he went to golf and baseball. He got who he is as an, as an athlete. It didn't matter what game he was playing. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of core level I think people, entrepreneurs really get. It doesn't matter if I was building what business I was building. That's who I am. I'm an entrepreneur marketer at a core level. And I got that sitting there on the beach in Marco Island broke and I had nothing, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm like, I got on a core core level is who I am. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what I'm creating. And it's a, it's a key piece because I think what happens today, people hear entrepreneur and they think it's sexy and fun and cool and like this whole like, eh, yeah. And so they go find, try to find a business to go build mm -hmm. to become it. And I got who I am. Is that with or without a business at the moment? Got it. Got it. So now, that's true. the most core thing I learned. So you learn that. And then once you had that sort of recogni recognition of what your core identity was, what was your next step and the road back to rebuilding the business, rebuilding your business? Yeah. Great question. You're good. You're a very good interviewer. Um, so I was sitting there in, the, in, in Marco Island, I call on the beach and I had a friend of mine who was in West Palm. I'm in Florida. And he said, why don't you come to see me uh, for dinner? I'm like, well, I hope you're paying cause I can't <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you give me some money to come back with gas. He gave me 20 bucks to get back. Right. So that's good. Uh, but uh, I'm sitting there at dinner with him with a great steak and asparagus. Very blessed to be at that dinner table. And he said to me, I want you to start asking yourself this question before you do anything. Because before I say the question, when we're in upset, when we're in drama, when we're in a valley, as you called it, we're usually in chaos and we're usually emotionally spinning. It's just normal. And it could be a bankruptcy it could be a divorce. It could be a loss of a child. It could be a lot of things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we're, when we're spinning, meaning emotional and chaos, we can't get movement and if we can't get to movement. We can't get to get to momentum. We can't get to momentum. We can't build anything. We mm -hmm. can't create anything. So you have to start with this basic concept of stopping the chaos and then being able to move in a direction. Sounds so easy, but when you're in it, really hard. Right. You know? Right. So he said, I want you to start asking yourself this question before you do anything. And this is the question that had me stop the chaos, stop the drama, stop the like, ah, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> it's a horrible question to ask yourself. What are you doing with your life? Um, and here's the question. Does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? There's a lot of power in that question. He basically said, ask yourself that question before you do anything. Because when we're clear, 
we can move. And when we move, we can get momentum. We can momentum. We can take actions and make a difference and actually change something. Mm-hmm. Right. So that question is what pulled me out of the chaos and the upset and the drama and move me towards where I'm at today, really. And so the first action step I did mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. was coming from another mentor of mine. He said, you're not a tree. You can move. It's called U-Haul. And this was, <laughs> that's literally the quote. It's 2009. Florida was, you know, in the, the valley um, economically. There was no jobs. And I'm from Texas. And so my sister was here. And she's like, why don't you come here? Austin's booming. Why don't you go surround yourself with good economic times as well as entrepreneurship. And so I thought, well, I'm not a tree. I can move. And so the first thing I did was surround myself with other entrepreneurs. And that's how I was able to move myself out of it. That's a very good point because I think a lot of times, one of the things, going back to the mindset issue, a lot of things that entrepreneurs struggle with it. People struggle with it, period, but entrepreneurs especially, right? Um, And one of the things, I think one of the challenges that keeps people stuck is that they try to do everything alone and figure everything out on their own. And especially if their friends aren't entrepreneurs or people in their family aren't entrepreneurs, they kind of feeling like they're on an island. So was there anything in particular or do, do, do you focus at this point even now in your business on making sure that you're surrounding yourself with entrepreneurs and like-minded entrepreneurs? And if so, how do you do that? Um, I automatically do at this point. Okay. So... I'm part of the internet marketing party, which is a bunch of entrepreneurs. It would be a weirder question to say, do you know anyone in corporate world? I'm like, no, I mean, my sister is <laughs> That's like Al because like she's a sister, right? So it's like, it's kind of a forced time, <laughs> but, but she's really an entrepreneur too. She's just, you know, like she's working for a company. Uh, she's the only person I know that works for a company, big company. Like she's is. So, um, I, yeah, everyone who I talk to communicate with, in conversation with our entrepreneurs. It's actually weird when I come across someone that works for a company. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite now. So do I try anymore? No. I think that one of the things I got to with Austin, Austin, you can walk around saying entrepreneur. It's not weird. Mm-hmm. When you're living in Marco Island when the average age is 85, <laughs> an entrepreneur, they kind of like go, what's that? Or why would you do that? Or, you know, they have their stuff. And you don't want that when you're trying to create so. I think does that answer your question? It does. It does. But I, I think it's super helpful. Like you now it's just part of who you are, you know, but um, before you had to make yeah. it your intention. All right. So well, let's talk a little bit more about your habits that you have that help you keep it all together. You mentioned you wrote a book, you're doing coaching, you're helping people with their marketing. Is there any yeah. habit or suite of habits that you have that help you get everything done and sane so you're not feeding your chaos? <laughs> Uh, I work out every day um, and I live by my calendar. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you do those two things, they'll change your life. (laughs) You work from home and so things could come at you and come, you know, you want to do the dishes or something or you Mm -hmm. want to clean the bathroom or something, you know. So uh, when you, when that happens, you, I've lived, I've worked from home for so long, it doesn't phase me. But um, yeah, you live by your calendar. Why does working out help you so much? Working out, um, it's a 
for me, it's mental. It also calms me down. I work out in the morning as well as the evening. Okay. Uh, yoga or working out, it's just, it's part of who I am. It's like a habitual conversation. Like mm-hmm. if I don't work out, things get like, Wah! So you do know? you, do you, you said you work out morning and evening. So before you start work, do you get a workout in? Yeah, I do. I do a cardio session uh-huh. and then at night, um, the today I didn't get it in, but, um, usually it's very normal to do the morning cardio. And then at night I do, uh, bodybuilding and then today I'll do double. I'll do, I'll do up. Sweet. All right. And what would you say are your three keys to success? Yeah. So kind of said them already, you know, one is, um, that real, that question, does it feed my confusion in my clarity? It's something I ask myself every day before mm-hmm. I do anything. Um, surrounding myself with other entrepreneurs and conversations, but, um, and, um, always being a dialogue to go next. What's next, what's next, what's next. And in creation, I think that's just a habit for me at this point. I don't even think I'm doing it. It's like breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, with working out and surrounding myself with entrepreneurs. Like I said, it's really strange when I meet people and they're in a, working for a company and they do this thing called happy hour. Like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like, I'm like, happy hour? What hour is that? Like, I, what, what are you talking about? Like, not that I'm not happy. It's just like this whole five to six or happy hour. So I always think that's interesting. I've never really understood that because <laughs> I'm working. You know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm working. And I want to be working. I choose to be working. So, Do you put a cap on the number of hours that you work per week? No. I do what I need to do to get done. I don't look at the hours. It's a good philosophy. All right. <laughs> so what can we expect to see from you in the future? Since you're always asking what's next, what's, what, do you, what do you see as next on the horizon for you? So right now I just came out with a book called Power Guessing. I'm teaching a lot of people how to uh, be a be a guest on power on, on podcasting like I'm doing now, mm-hmm. um, how to do that, how to share their personal story. No one, no one wants to know my resume. No one wants to know your resume. No one wants to know our resume. They want to know our story. Mm-hmm. Like how did this happen? How did you get where you're at? Right. So one of the challenges I get as a host, cause I'm on the other side of the mic, just like you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Is I learned that a lot of people don't know how to share their story. They don't know. They want to like, my name is, I'm a doctor at a DC and I went to school. Like no one cares. Like if you want my resume, go to LinkedIn, have fun, like scroll, have fun. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you or people want to know about. They want to know their personal story. So a lot of people don't know how to share that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm doing now is I'm teaching people how to share their personal story, how to be on, um, how to use podcasts as a PR leverageability tool. Sweet. And where can people find you? Heatherhavenwood.com. All right. Well, we'll have that information in the show notes so people can access it and get to you and learn more about podcast guesting. So before I let you go, I do have one other question just to dive inside your head a little bit more. And that's to deliver a line from a movie that speaks to you and explain why you chose that one. (laughs) Okay. Well, there's only one, but, um, that can think about like the first thing. So the one is, um, with Tom Cruise and he's on the phone with Cuba Gooding Jr. And he's like, show me the body. You know, and he's like screaming. Yes, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's screaming, like looking at him. And he's like, I want to hear it, Jerry. I want to hear it. And he's like doing the little, you know, Cuba just, I just love that scene. I've watched that scene so many times because I think that in that scene, <laughs> Cuba Gooding, I, I forgot his name in the show, in the movie, right? But Cuba Gooding Jr., who I just think is amazing. He's really trying to pull something out of Jerry Maguire. Like, 
I know you're more than what this is. Mm -hmm. I know you're better than that. I know you're better than that. You're going to freaking bring it if I'm going to work with you. And so I think that's something with entrepreneurs. We sometimes go half mass. We don't go all in like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think Cuba Jr. in that scene was like pulling and pulling and pulling out of Jerry Maguire because he believed in him Mm -hmm. more than Jerry did at the time. And I think that's um, a key piece. The other one is the, um, the one with uh, we well, got the the Wall Street one. Mm-hmm. The recent one, the Wall Street, not the Wall, Wall Street. Yes, that's that's uh, when he's. It's a little vulgar, but it's the one he's like shove it down his throat. You know, it's like a. It's still that like get out there and do more than what you say you're gonna do. It right. just like like excites me. He's a little vulgar in it, but it's right. like super. Watch so it. So I, I, it's super cool that you brought that point. So I'm curious. I imagine that you have to do this frequently with your clients as you start to work with them. So is there yeah. a way that you recommend or that you help with your clients actually pull that that thing that's out of them that they sort of suppressed and, you know, <laughs> keep inside? Yes. I feel like I'm the keeper getting junior sometimes. With, <laughs> right. And they're like, well, I did this. I'm like, really? really that's it seriously you know so I feel like I'm that kind of person that pulls it out I'm a little bit of a coach and a cheerleader Mm -hmm. so because at the end of the day marketing hasn't changed that much we as human beings haven't changed in the world of like structure and strategy I mean you can go online today and learn how to do social media you can learn how to do all that why would you hire a marketing coach well Mm -hmm. one is to make sure you know what the things you need to focus on versus the others but also it's that cheerleading of like you know, being that Cubigan junior and just being that person that believes in the entrepreneur more than they believe in themselves at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the first question you had, which is what's the number one challenge. It's always about my own self doubt, but I'm always dealing with the entrepreneur's mindset of self doubt. Cause when I get clients, they already have a business one to two to three to $5 million. So mm-hmm. They've done something like they believe them, but then they get stuck or plateaued. Mm-hmm. And so how do you break through that? And that's what I work with them on. And yeah, it's kind of fun. I feel like I'm the Cuba Good Junior. I'm definitely not the Jerry Maguire there. <laughs> I, I have it. My coach, then I get on my phone with my coach, and I'm definitely Jerry Maguire. Like, show me the money. She's like, what? That, what? It's, I'm sorry, what? I didn't hear you. You know, it's just like, so. Very it's a great cool. scene. I love that video. Very cool. I feel like I need to go watch it again. Heather, this it has been good. super cool. Thank you so much for stopping by and for dancing <laughs> and um, sharing all your experiences with us. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Sonia.